0: Using the organization of molecules as a comparison, we'll consider the power dynamics of academic hierarchies. Let's get to it. In the natural world, hierarchical structures are crucial in organizing and transferring energy and resources. At the subatomic level, particles can organize into atoms, favoring energetic stability. Similarly, atoms organize into molecules, to achieve the most stable configurations possible. Here, the diversity of these connections and organizations offers more than just stability, as molecules exhibit new properties the atoms themselves do not have. Requiring fewer bonds and taking up less space, molecules organized into macromolecules can leverage efficiency. Through energetic interactions with one another and the surrounding medium, Macromolecules can leverage cell compartmentalization, selecting different chemical environments optimized for specific processes and limiting interference by separating incompatible functions into organelles. The membranes of organelles can send and receive signals across chemical environments to control the transport of molecules through metabolism. This organizes cells into tissues based on their structure and function. Managing by structure and function and specializing mechanisms for feedback carries on through the natural world via the organs and organ systems facilitating life in the organisms they comprise. Each level of organization works together to transfer energy and resources, ensuring the survival and proper functioning of the entire system. In addition, natural hierarchies respond to disturbances in the system restoring balance and stability. For example, when a cell is damaged, it activates a cascade of responses that ultimately lead to the repair of the cell or its removal from the system. The same is true for larger systems, such as ecosystems, where disturbances can trigger a series of responses to restore balance and prevent further damage. Overall, the hierarchical structures in the natural world are essential for the proper functioning and survival of the system. Here, power is listening and organization is dynamic. While natural hierarchies emerge spontaneously and in a decentralized manner, human-constructed hierarchies, like the academic hierarchy, are actively constructed. In academia, there is a clear hierarchy of positions, starting from the president or chancellor at the top to faculty and staff at the bottom. Higher-ranked positions have more decision-making power and influence. Lower-ranked positions have less autonomy and must follow directives from above. The tenure system creates a hierarchy within faculty ranks, wherein tenured faculty have more job security and academic freedom but untenured faculty have less power and must appease senior faculty. Department chairs and deans wield power over faculty. They make decisions about hiring, promotions, salaries, teaching assignments, etc. While faculty senates exist, they have limited authority. Administrators and governing boards still make significant decisions on issues like budgets, administration, and tuition. This means resources are allocated in a top-down manner, and that faculty must often compete for limited funds from the administration. Natural hierarchies can help us to examine what could be helpful and harmful about the social hierarchies we construct. In natural hierarchies, the structure emerges spontaneously and in a decentralized manner. No one person or group decides who is in charge or what the rules are. Instead, each level of the hierarchy emerges from the interactions at the lower levels, and each level has a unique function that contributes to the system's overall functioning. This decentralized structure resembles how atoms and molecules interact to self-organize to form complex biological networks. On the other hand, social hierarchies are actively constructed by people, Hierarchical ranks are often based on wealth, status, education, or job position. This can lead to a concentration of power at the top of the hierarchy, and a lack of representation or voice for those at the bottom. Decentralized, spontaneous hierarchical structures facilitate robust function, allowing diverse perspectives and ideas to be incorporated into the system. This diversity ensures that the system can adapt to changing circumstances and remain resilient. In social hierarchies, a concentration of power at the top results in a rigid system resistant to change. This lack of flexibility can make the system vulnerable to disruptions or failures and difficult to reform. Social hierarchies can be, and often are, oppressive as they can perpetuate systems of inequality and discrimination. Hierarchies in nature have evolved over millions of years to optimize the functioning of a system. In contrast, human hierarchies often benefit the few at the expense of the many. While there are exceptions, those at the top of the hierarchy often maintain their power and privilege, while those at the bottom struggle to advance or have their voices heard. This can lead to a lack of diversity and inclusiveness within the system, ultimately harming the whole. The historical influences and perceived benefits of hierarchical structures in academia can help us to understand why they exist today. Many early Western universities were religious institutions with hierarchical church governance. Tenure systems evolved from medieval guilds and apprenticeships. As universities grew, hierarchy helped coordinate complex operations, offering transparent chains of command to facilitate decision-making. Hierarchy provided stability and standardization across large institutions with diverse functions. While hierarchies provide some coordination benefits, those at the top levels benefit most from the concentration of decision-making authority and control over the resources, which more often, has the most impact on those at the bottom levels. To promote a more just and equitable academic system, science educators can introduce alternative structures that distribute power more evenly. In democratic governance, faculty, student, and staff consuls govern major decisions collectively through voting and consensus processes. This distributes power more evenly. In cooperatives. Faculty-run co-ops can share resources, teaching duties, grant funding, and administrative roles. This reduces hierarchy and competition. For peer networks, professional learning communities can be organized non-hierarchically around shared interests and goals. This way, knowledge is produced and shared laterally. Via open access, freely accessible public knowledge banks, journals, and conferences can allow for open knowledge sharing. This reduces gatekeeping and exclusion. Community programs where students and academics partner with local communities on research, internships, and social projects can break institutional isolation. Practicing restorative justice, conflict resolution practices can be based on healing harm, taking accountability, and strengthening relationships, an alternative to punitive discipline. Examples of these initiatives can serve as inspiration. The Zapatista Autonomous Schools in Mexico promote indigenous culture and knowledge. Small experimental colleges like Hampshire pioneer egalitarian models. Community review and open science movements decentralize scholarly evaluation. Activism resists hierarchical practices through sit-ins and strikes. By highlighting real-life examples and grassroots initiatives, of course, no one solution will fit all, and the effectiveness of these alternative structures can vary depending on the context and specific challenges within academia. There are opportunities to take action within the academic hierarchy. For tenured faculty, Use tenure-protection to speak out against unjust policies and practices. Advocate for better treatment of adjuncts and junior faculty. Mentor and collaborate with marginalized academics. Push for more inclusive and democratic governance. Department Chairs and Deans. Redistribute resources and opportunities equitably. Diversify leadership and amplify unheard voices. Reform biased tenure and promotion processes. Adopt egalitarian and participatory management practices. Junior faculty. Unionize to gain collective bargaining power. Build solidarity networks across hierarchies and disciplines. Develop grassroots initiatives like teaching cooperatives. Boycott exploitative publishers and conferences. Graduate students. Organize for better pay, benefits, and working conditions. Use student evaluations to critique hierarchical pedagogy. Create autonomous, student-run journals and conferences. Withhold academic labor to disrupt business as usual. Allies in administration. Leak documents exposing biased policies and resource allocation. Whistleblow discriminatory and abusive practices. Resist top-down decision-making and advocate for transparency. Everyone. Refuse to accept hierarchical practices as normal or inevitable. Develop alternative networks based on mutual aid and solidarity and keep envisioning and building more egalitarian academic models. By leveraging our unique positions, academics can collectively dismantle oppressive hierarchies and reconstruct academia based on principles of equity, social justice, and democratized knowledge. In both the natural and academic realms, hierarchical structures shape our world, but their impacts differ significantly. By understanding the science behind natural hierarchies and critically examining the academic hierarchy, science educators can inspire students to question and challenge prevailing structures. Science educators can be empowered to create a more just and equitable future by engaging in discussions and exploring alternative models. Thanks for watching! Make sure that you subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss future topics and updates. Have a great day!